You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. Because he is so excited to talk about them janky ass Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> but you know what? We ain't even finna jump into that. We ain't even finna jump into that. I know we they asked me in pre-production what I wanted to talk about, and I said I don't have a clue. But what he didn't understand is I have a lot to talk about. And it has nothing <laughs> to do with the uh, we them boys. Uh, How about the Cowboys? Unbelievable. Un- Unbelievable. I here's well, the- hold on. No, 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 no. Before we start, let me go ahead. I want to go ahead and give this little nugget to everybody because you know how time is a diehard Panthers fan, right? Yeah. He loves the Panthers, supports them, says they're going to Super Bowl all the time, right? Yes. Guess what this man did? Please tell In me. In fantasy football, he picked up the Saints defense saying the Panthers aren't going to score. And he's what? playing them because he has no oh, faith yeah. in the Panthers' offense to score. So he has the Saints' defense. That, that's not a true fan. You don't do that. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. I think that's called that. smart, baby. But it's it's going to be interesting to hear everybody's team record at the end of this of this podcast. But just real quick, I, I I have a question for you guys, and this one's going to hit. It's going to really miss Gary, and people are going to hate Gary for this. People are going to really hate Gary for this. But in a relationship, in a relationship, time, also you, Gary, in a relationship, when a guy wants to do something or a woman wants to do something, no. do, do you think they should have to ask their partner no. for permission? No. Because if you have to ask for permission, there's trust lost. They don't, they don't trust you to do the thing and do it uh, where you're not going to get in some form of trouble. Now, only way I could say that there's a where you could say yes is if there's a bunch of kids, if you have kids involved, and if you, there's something else on the schedule already. Like, because you, you, you're not asking for permission, you're checking to make sure there's nothing else planned already. So that would okay. be, that's not actual action for permission. I don't think anybody should ever have to ask for permission to do so. Something. So, so giving you like, so if you came and Gary or time, I'll give you just an example. If they was like, Hey, you want to go out and grab a bite to eat? And somebody says, Hey, I got to check in with the significant other. Do you think that's doing too much? Do you think that they should be able to answer right away? Like either yes or no, as opposed to checking in. Well, I think that's when you say, example, Gary. That's I think, example. well, the problem is with that, that it's it's very left open in and if you say, hey, I got to check in with my significant other to find out if that's – it depends because, like, at that point, you're making it like the other person controls you when you say that type of statement versus, like, hey, let me make sure there's nothing else going on because that would be the way you should respond. Let me make sure I have nothing else that's already planned, and uh, if not, yeah, I'm in. That type is a way to do it versus, hey, I need to check in with my significant other. Because if you say that, now it's like, okay, well, that other person has a control over that person. And you might as well just go ahead and check it. They're probably not coming. 
Tom, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Gary's kind of actually right on this. Oh, that you gotta, that's what I like to hear. And that you're not actually asking for permission, like, to do something. You're just asking, uh, you know, you're, you're more or less making sure, you know, there's not something else that you have to do. Or, you know, if you have kids, to make sure that, you know, she's going to be good with watching the kids or whatever. So I wouldn't say it's permission to do what you want to do, but you definitely have to ask to coordinate for that purpose. But I, Gary doesn't think you need to ask. It's more so telling them. Like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no asking, Tom. You didn't, you missed that part right there. So you did say he was correct. Do you think he's correct in everything he's saying? No, well, no, yeah, I don't know about like tell. Well, that's because that goes into it. I think that's what he says, but he just like he just said that you don't. You're not necessarily telling them because you know if there's something else going on. So, so this is this is what I mean. This is this is what I mean by that, uh, Tom. I'll give you another example, Gary, and you tell me uh, um, where how you would handle this. So, Tom is doing absolutely nothing today. There's nothing on his schedule today, but he knows that he's been kind of out of town or out of the way or just hadn't been doing, he hadn't been spending time with his woman. Gary comes along and Gary says, hey man, uh, let's play the video game later. And Tom goes, nah, man, I can't play the video game. I gotta spend some time with my significant other. Right. Time goes back. Time goes back. And he goes, hey, to his significant other, hey, Gary wanted to play the game today, but I told him that I'm going to spend time with you. What do you want to do today? And hopefully she says each other. Say that again. And hopefully she says each other. You know, that's never the answer. That's never (laughs) the answer. It's never the answer. So you know it's not going to be that. So he goes back to her and says, okay, we're going to spend time together. And today is that allotted time that they're supposed to spend together. Where their allotted time that they spend together is him watching Netflix and her watching something on her phone or other device where he's basically not doing anything. Gary calls back three, four, five, six hours later and says, hey, man, how did y'all enjoy spending y'all time together? He goes, nothing. I watched Netflix and she played on her phone. As a friend, Gary, do you have a right to be mad that he blew you off and they did absolutely nothing? So I think this is also depicts on like how is it so if it's on the game, how often are you on the game? I think there's a lot of questions like so if you're not on the game a lot, then yes, I'm pissed. But if you're if you're on the game all the time, then you have to balance the amount of time you're on the game and the time you spend with your family. I think that, that there's a balance that has to be done for it. But if you're never on the game and, like, the one time I call you and ask you to get on the game and you say no, and then you tell me you didn't do anything, I'm pissed because I never asked you to get on the game. <laughs> but I think, there's a, I think there's levels that go into it. But I think a lot of it depends on the, the way you approach it if you're in a relationship, the way you approach it when, it, when somebody asks you. Like, if somebody asks you, okay, hey, I wanna, you want to hang out tonight, you, you should, your response should be, let me make sure I don't have anything else going on. And then if not, I'm in. Uh, okay. So and then versus saying, let me check in with the significant other, because now you're making, you're putting everything on the significant other. And then when you, if you can't make it, 
Now that person's already going to have thoughts. Well, your significant other stopped you from coming versus you are having something else planned. If you just don't mention it, you say, I got something else planned. And then when you go talk to your significant other, you're like, Hey, I know we don't have anything planned. So I'm going to go do this tonight. Uh, versus like saying, Hey, what's on the schedule type thing. Cause you probably know if there's something planned for the night at least. So you can say, Hey, I know we don't have anything planned. So I'm going to go grab something to eat with, with so-and-so that type of thing versus being like, Hey, what do we got going on? Am I able to go do this? I don't think that's the way to go about it. I think you have to like, it's the way you proposition and talk about what's going on and the situations is de- determines on how people view, like you said, it's perception on the people, how per- they perceive certain things is by what you say. So if, if they have the kids, like obviously if you had the kids all day and then you want to go do something at night, okay, Hey, I've had the kids all day. I'm going to go grab some so-and-so you watch the kids, that type of thing. I think there's a way you share the responsibility so that way you both can do things because you both still got to be able to live life and do different things and then you both share the responsibility of watching the kids so okay, i think it's yeah. all how you how you talk about it to the significant other and then how you how you frame it to the friends or whatever because if you just say let me go see if i can talking to my significant other now you're saying as soon as you if they say no well now that your friends gonna be like well you're controlled then because you have to get permission because of the way you worded that. If you just yeah. worded, Hey, let me go make sure I don't have any, I'm going to go make sure I have nothing else planned. If I don't have anything else tonight, I'm in. Then that person's like, okay, well he's in unless he has something else going on versus, gotcha. okay, well, if he doesn't get permission, he can't go. Cause that's, the, that's how I would look at it. If you say, I gotta go check in with my sleeping other to make sure I can. Now I'm like, Oh, you gotta get permission. That's the first thing that's going on in my head because why are you asking for permission versus, hey, let me make sure I got nothing else going on. Gotcha. It's just the way you formulate what you say. Gotcha. What you time? got, Tom? Yeah, no, <clears throat> I agree that you gotta you gotta communicate, you know, that well because you don't want your friends hating your significant other. Uh, so you definitely got to make sure you're not making it sound like you know, your whole destiny is controlled by your partner's will. <laughs> so you definitely got to like make sure you frame that. But the thing is, is like, if, if you are spending time with your significant other and you set and you schedule time to spend time, then I think you also need to figure out something for y'all to do. Like don't, <laughs> don't just let her watching something while you're on your phone, watching something else be y'all's time together, you know, like say, Hey, if I'm going to spend time with you, we, we're going to do something. I don't want to just sit here and well, us both watch different shows. But see, part of that is, part of it is they just want to be around you. Around you. All right. Well, it's, that's it's not what even, we're doing. It's not even like that's going to doing. do something. Get it could be just be sitting there watching something. True. Get your significant other, get your significant other a tablet, get them some headphones, and then put her in a chair beside you while you play a video game. No, I agree with that. Y'all I think there is ways you could do that, but again, then they feel like your not attention's not on it. But again, it's just a, it's just, the situation can be going many different ways with that because, like, you have, okay, you want to spend time together, and then you're sitting next to each other, spending time together, but you're not focused on that person. You can't talk to that person if you're playing a game because you're usually talking to your friends in a party or type something thing. But you're just sitting on the couch. 
then you're both watching whatever you're doing. You're on your phones, but at least then you can turn around and talk to each other. If something pops up, then you can be like, oh, did you see this? Look at this video, blah, 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 all this non nonsense and just small talk just to show that you're interacting with each other. Look at you, right? Well, I think that's mainly what it so is. It's just, it's just wanting to have the attention at that moment. Yeah. If if you have a significant other and your friends don't, and y'all play video games together, and one of them was like, "Hey, let's do this for money," are you dumb enough to bet money with your friends when you play video games if you do not play video games that often? Uh, <laughs> um, you should say, "Yeah, I'm not going to play this game if it's for money." Then you shouldn't agree to it. I agree. Yes. You, you agree to it, you're paying. Absolutely, right? regardless of whether you play or not. Because if you, I know where he's going. If with you this. lose, you have to pay. Yes, because you agree. You, you lose, agreed to play. You have to pay. Yeah, yes. you agreed to play. You shouldn't agree to play. Wow. Yeah. You he, sign that verbal the free, You friends don't give him any break if he doesn't get to play Zero. very often. Zero. No, That's on you. No, because because here's wow. the thing: if that friend that doesn't play often wins, he's going to expect his winning. That is a correct statement. So I don't understand why you feel the other way. The other way. I, I, I just think wild. you should be nice because I think it's your. I think it should just be nice because he's your friend and if don't the, make him pay. Like ah, oh, you if know that's what? The case, if that's the case, Tom, whatever y'all bet, allegedly, you should have just asked him for it. Like, hey, man, can you give me $40 or whatever y'all bet on as opposed to saying, let's play the game. So what if it's like $600? <laughs> if Ooh. it's $600 and you lost it, then he lost it. That's 600 bucks. That's old. There's so, no like. Again, and that's, I agree with you because everybody else has got to pay. Yes. So why should that 100%. person not have to pay? Unbelievable. But go ahead. I, I didn't mean to. But to, but that's the thing, that. like if it's if it's like twenty dollars, you know, that's understandable. But six hundred You should have stopped playing. Your, you, you can't make never it. let it get that high. You he, agree he to the terms. Wants, he just wants to play video games with his friends and you're making him pay to play with y'all. Everybody's Look, paying to play. Everybody's <laughs> paying to play. Whether it's at an amateur level level, whether it's at a professional level. Even college athletes are getting NIL deal money. So everybody's getting paid to play. It just makes it fun. And what he's referencing, D, because you don't really know, is uh, <laughs> we played Fall Guys when Fall Guys first came out, and we were playing for money. If you didn't make it past the first round, you owed a dollar. If you didn't if you didn't make it past the first round the next game, you owed $2 or $5. If you didn't make it at the next game past the first round, it doubled every time. If you didn't make it Ooh. just the first round, because the first round, like 50 people make or like 30 people out of 50 make it. So you should make it out of the first round. So that's why it was only a dollar. And then it doubled every time. How did he get the 600, bro? That's he did make it like seven times in a row, multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to get that. <laughs> I, I need to get that because that, that's not that's time wasted out of your life that you're trying to get back but you could be compensated for it. I, I owed money. Everybody owed money. Everybody didn't make it at times. It just, you just, you had to, you had to pray. You never got to those big ones where you lost three times in a row. And then you're Ooh. getting to that 30, 40 bucks a one game. 
Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a rough one, and that's all dependent on stage. Yes, exactly. You know. Mm. See, Time's never played Fall Guys. I don't think he understands what all goes into Fall Guys. I have not. Yeah. It's like a yeah. obstacle course with 50 other people or whatever live, and they can bump you, they can grab you, they can push you, and you're trying to get through the obstacle course, and only a certain number of people make it. I, I got a I got some hypotheticals here, guys. I know before we get it off the rails, we're going to talk football. This is a portion of the podcast where we talk football. But we don't actually talk football, but we talk football. Here we go, Gary. I need you and I need time to stay on topic. Do not get off topic. I need you to fill in the blanks. Deion Sanders will win Coach of the Year if he does blank. When's the pack t- pack two? <laughs> okay. I think I think I think he wins coach of the year if um they finish with two or less losses. Okay. All right. Now you answer I, the question. I I think he's already won coach of the year. I, I think he's already won coach of the year. I think he's done enough. This is what you guys have to understand. This same Colorado team went one and eleven last year. They're three and zero right now. Now I understand that they're going to play Oregon. They're going to go through the meat of their schedules, and the best gift and the worst curse that Deion Sanders could have gotten is Hunter getting hurt. So his excuse for not winning these next few games will be that he didn't have his top. Heisman player. So we'll we'll lose these next two or three. We're, we're okay with that because we didn't have Hunter. When Hunter comes back, we start back winning because we've gotten through the hardest part of our schedule now. And we've done enough now to make it to a bowl game to where now I am coach of the year because now by this time, Texas has lost a few games because Texas head coach was in the running because of beating Alabama. There's no other coaches that are currently in that running other than the head coach at Texas and the head coach at Colorado. So if you put it all, it, it, it's all lining up for Deion Sanders. He came back from a Colorado State team that was down. He had everybody up to 2 a.m. watching that game. I watched that game. So he's done enough already to have garnered coach of the year that attention because he took a 1-11 team now and has them 3-0 and ranked in the top 25, and there's no other coach out there that's done that. Time. I remember when he said, just answer the question, don't go off rails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he definitely went right. off rails. Yeah. But that's, I, that's about ask, I, was about to, I was about to ask D'Angelo who hurt him. He, he sounded like somebody, somebody hurt his feelings about the uh, Sanders. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm saying just from a, from a, that, that, and I'm going here with it. This is why I'm going here with it. So you said that he has to win the Pac-2 or Pac-12 or whatever they want to call it. Uh, you think he's going to uh, – time? you said that he's going to win it if he finishes with two or less losses. With that right. being said, with that being said, is Colorado up until this point right now, if they were to lose every game, have they had a successful season? Yeah, because they won more games than they did last year. 
I'm going to say if they lose every game from this point on, they did not have a successful season. But here's the thing, though. I, I, I've looked at this. I've looked at this, and I've, I've, I've thought about this for a very long time. All Deion Sanders has to do at Colorado and losing said games, every one of those games, if he lost them by one point, two points, or three points, and there's like little subtle mistakes that he can fix, we can live with those kind of losses. We can't live with the losses of him getting blown out. That's what I mean by he can lose every game from this point on as long as they're close. It's the fact that he hasn't gotten blown out. He's going to lose to Oregon. He's going to lose to all these other schools. But how is he losing to these other schools, Gary? Are we losing by three? Are we losing by 10? Are we losing by 24? Are we getting blown out? It's the way in which we lose is how we're going to determine Deion Sanders' success at Colorado through these next few games of these so high-level opponents. Why is he already losing, in your opinion? Say that again? Why, why are you saying they're going to lose? Because they hadn't pay, played the talent that they're getting ready to play. And not all, it's just like the SEC, man. Every SEC school shines when they're not playing the SEC school. And then when they play each other, you find out, like, oh, okay, this is, this is real, real. I, I think the Oregons, the UCLAs, the USCs, just that Pac-12, the Utahs, like, they have been established for quite some time. And I understand that Deion Sanders had the number one. I believe that you can – not I believe in Deion Sanders. I believe in the transfer portal. I honestly believe I can build a national championship team out of the transfer portal. I don't give a damn who you are. It don't have to do anything right. with coaching. It ain't got to do with any of that. John Calipari got a team, uh, a team of talent to the national championship with no coaching skills, none whatsoever. They was playing street ball out there. I okay. watched. Okay. Real quick, I, real quick. I watched. Real quick while well, you said that, right? You said that. Does that diminish the fact that Dion has three wins then if you're saying it, it that the transfer not, it portal makes it? Look, look, I can't, I can't. You just build. said you could build it. With just, no listen, just listen, just listen, just listen to what I'm saying. I can't build it, but I'm saying I can build it from a standpoint of this. You didn't let me finish. Deion Sanders has something no other coach out there has other than Nick Saban. And that's when I come and sit in your house and talk to your kids, whether it's at your house or at your university, I am big shit on campus when I step up. Like, there's nobody bigger than Deion Sanders in a coaching position, not Nick Saban or nobody else, because of what Deion Sanders done prior to him becoming a coach. All the relationships that Deion Sanders has ever fostered, he's paying dividends with those from rappers. Like, whenever you go to a Colorado game, it's an experience. It's not just a, hey, I'm just going to a game, because you never know who you're going to see there. They just had the rock there. So what I'm saying is what Deion Sanders has is he has that ability to go to the transport portal with whatever university he at, and he's able to get the kids that he wants. Not the kids. No, no kids going to sit there to Deion Sanders and say, nah, uh-uh, I ain't going there. Because I have opportunity to be a part of the old University of Miami when they was the U, and they had Uncle Luke on the sideline. This is the, this is the equivalent of that in Colorado right now. Okay, so yeah, Deion Sanders Sanders has that ability. Deion Sanders has that ability to go in the transport portal and pull whoever he wants without any reservation. I'm not talking about me personally. I'm talking about Deion Sanders personally. 
So yeah, does that Sanders make him, can... So does that make him the recruiter of the year and not the coach of the year? Well, you can't. There's no. There's no recruiter tag on him. So you have to give him the coach. You got to give him his just due. Like I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure how good Nick Saban is as a coach. I'm not sure how he is. I don't know if it's Nick. You're Saban not sure. Listen to what I'm saying. I, I've never been coached by Nick Saban. I've never been coached by him. Uh, I've never, all the players that I've heard at Alabama have said that they wasn't coached by him. They was coached through their position coach. So I'm not sure that that Nick Saban is just a master recruiter. and He just got really good coaches and that they just put him in his system. And it, he's ran the system for so long that he doesn't have to say anything. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how much of Nick Saban we get now with all the coaches that he's had come through there with the system in which he runs. Very similar to uh, Tom Brady when he was in the system with Bill Belichick. We had to wait till he left to find out if it was the system or if it was Tom Brady, and we found out it was Tom Brady the whole time. System ain't got nothing to do with it. Guess what? How many championships are... AFC title games have Bill Belichick played in since Tom Brady left. And then we'll count how many he's been in and played in and Super Bowls since he left. And we'll see who it was. That's what I mean by coaching. Right. Can we talk about the Colorado State-Colorado game? Yes. Go ahead. Thank you. Because I'm going to tell you Colorado State lost that game. Colorado did not win that game. Colorado uh, looked trash the whole game. And then when Colorado State decides, oh, we're going to sit and cover two because we're scared to win the game and not bring pressure and run the other different defenses that we ran all game that's been successful, we're just going to sit and cover two and let you pick us apart because we're afraid to lose. Or we don't want to lose. We want to try and just sit back and be safe. And they lost because they're dumb. The last drive on offense they did, they played it soft and safe because they didn't want to risk any turnovers and anything like that. You can't be that way because you will get beat. And then on that last drive for Colorado, all they did was sit in cover two and just let them pick them apart because cover two, there's so many holes in the zone, and that's where they threw to every time because you're dumb. You can't do that. We always talk about in NFL games, teams do that when they're afraid to lose. They don't want to lose the game, so they just play it safe, and then they still lose the game. It's the same exact thing. Colorado State hasn't really been in a situation like that where it's a high-profile game and you have an opportunity to make this giant upset and or considered a giant upset because of the media surrounding Colorado and all that kind of stuff. But Colorado looked like they're the same type of team that Colorado State is. They didn't look heads and heels better than Colorado State. Uh, Colorado State was a 24-28 point underdog, and they easily should have won that game if they would have kept playing the game the way they've been playing it the whole whole time. And so they got scared in the last four minutes of the game and lost the game because of it. But you got to understand that rivalry games are different, Gary. They play above themselves. This is I, I understand that this is not an Oregon team. I understand that this is not a USC or uh, or UCLA. I understand that this is not one of those top 10, top 15, top 25 schools that they were playing. But when you play a rival game, whenever Kentucky plays Louisville, even though we Louisville blew them out trash, by 40. Yes, correct. I'm just giving you a fact. 
I was waiting for you to bring that up. I was waiting for that. Right, right. (laughs) Even when Louisville plays Kentucky, no matter what the records are, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, like uh, Auburn, uh, was it Auburn, uh, uh, Georgia, like when when you have these rivalry games, the records go out the window. Colorado State played like light years better than I've seen them play in a long time. You're absolutely right. They did. When's the last time game. you watched Colorado State play football, D'Angelo? I've never watched Colorado State play football. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've, I've never watched Colorado play. And, and that's the thing. The, the only reason why I watch Colorado play is because I wanted Colorado State to win, but I also didn't want them to win. Like, I wanted it to be a good game. I wanted them to win on, like, a field goal where it was kind of, like, upset. But then when I saw that they didn't really want to win the game, I was like, man, Colorado need to go ahead and pull this off. Go ahead and win it. We'll move on to Oregon. They'll get drawn by Oregon. And when I say drawn by Oregon, I'm talking about beat. Three points, two points, like 10. Uh, I'm, I'm they're going to get hammered you, by Oregon. Gary, there's no way, Gary. There's no way they get hammered by Oregon. I'm going to tell you why they won't, get, uh, they won't get hammered by Oregon. After watching Colorado play, that was my first time ever watching Colorado play was this weekend. I haven't seen them play at all. And I know when Deion Sanders said he was going to Colorado, that he was bringing his own luggage. I was under the impression that the guys that he was bringing from JSU wasn't going to translate well over to Colorado. But what I failed to realize is, is it was the other way around. The guys that he took to JSU was light years better than all the competition that they had ever faced in their entire life because them boys were some dogs. I see his skill position players, Gary, and the skill position players look like those top elite 10, top five, top 10 teams like Weaver and and all those guys. They look fast. They look like they can make the catches. Nobody's undersized. I was, I'm going to tell you what I was expecting to see, Gary, and this is the God honest truth. What I was expecting to see out of this Colorado team was the Appalachian State team that beat Michigan, that undersized, gritty we're going to go out here, we're going to work our asses off, and we're going to give you our best every game. That's what I was looking forward to seeing when I saw this Colorado team because I thought the talent from JSU, that transition was going to be like an app state to Michigan. Like, we're going to pull up some pretty good upsets, and we're going to play some pretty good football, but when it all boils down to it, when we play them really good teams, we're going to lose, but we – the reason why we're going to lose is because we're not going to be able to hold up up front. But our skill position players are going to play their ass off. That's what I was expecting out of this Colorado team. But looking at this Colorado team now, going through the season, they're better than that App State team that beat Michigan. I stand by my statement they don't win nine games. They will be eight, eight wins or less. I stand by it. Okay. The way they looked right. against Colorado State – even the way they looked against Nebraska, they looked terrible. And Nebraska's not a good team. And then they, in the okay. second half, they ended up beating Nebraska. Nebraska's been bad for a long time. So, like, so, so yes, they beat TCU. Everybody talks about at the beginning of the year. TCU, I don't even know if TCU won any games since. But TCU lost all of their team. And, yes, they were ranked. But TCU's not the TCU where they were last year. They have a whole new quarterback, all that kind of stuff. So I don't I don't put as much creed in it, and I think the thing that blows my mind is how much. Obviously, it's a huge story for media, so media is going to be all over it and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, 
listening to that game of the Colorado Colorado State game, you would think that Colorado could do no wrong. The quarterback could do no wrong. Everything he did was just amazing, perfect. And no, it was not. Like it, it blows my mind how how infatuated the media is with that and how much they got to blow it up because it was just a normal game. Like it wasn't anything crazy. Like, but again, because of the the media behind Dion, they overhype it and all that kind of stuff. Is should the Sanders a good quarterback? Yes. Is he a Heisman Trophy candidate? No, he is not. I'm why, sorry. Why, why isn't he a Heisman Trophy candidate though? He was leading going into the third game of the season. He was leading uh, in yards. He's not leading in touchdowns. He has six touchdowns, but he has over like three or four thousand yards of like throwing. Why, why wouldn't he be a Heisman candidate when USC's quarterback, Caleb Williams, is? I mean, granted, he did have a season under his belt, so we can understand why he's a Heisman Trophy. But Shadour did the same thing at JSU that he's doing right now, and he wasn't a Heisman Trophy candidate last year, and he threw for a ton of yards. So he's doing the same thing at the level that he was doing it then. Now, why wouldn't he be a Heisman Trophy candidate? Gary? Because it has to be proven over multiple times. You can say, oh, he, he could be mentioned later that down the road. But right year. now, they were talking about him being a front runner on the podcast. I mean, not on the podcast, on the telecast. No, he is not. <laughs> like the front runner is Penix Jr. for Washington right now, in my opinion. Okay. But, right. but again, that's, my, that's in my opinion. I just don't, I just think. They are because it's Dion. They are trying to hype it up, which understandable because it gets ratings for them or whatever. Yeah. But like, I'm just being realistic. He will not be at the Heisman ceremony at the end of the year. This is the thing that bothers me. The the only thing that bothers me about this whole Dion Sanders uh, coaching thing, and and I I really want you guys to understand where I'm coming from with this. It bothers me because they're making it seem like the things that Deion Sanders is doing in Colorado is unprecedented and unheard of. I would agree with them on that if it wasn't for the transport portal. The transport portal is something that they don't talk much about. They was like, hey, this team went 1-11 last year. Deion Sanders got rid of that entire team. The team that's there now is a completely different Colorado team. Not, not many people wore that jersey last year that are winning those football games at Colorado right now. Correct. So I, I hate the fact that we really we don't we don't give the transfer portal enough credit in creating these atmosphere atmospheres around certain universities. I'll tell you this, Gary, and I, I failed to mention this last week on the podcast um, and the week before that, but. I want to make mention of this now. I went to the Arkansas State game, and my Memphis Tigers played the Arkansas State uh, Red Wolves. Uh, we ended up beating them, um, not like Oklahoma beat them, but we ended up beating them. But during the whole game, I'm I'm watching the game, and I don't know any of the players here. None of them. None of them. And uh, I'm, I'm talking to the coach on the sideline, and he's telling me, like, oh, this guy right here is a transfer from Ole Miss. This guy right here is a transfer from Lane. This guy right here is a transfer from here. This guy, I'm like, damn, coach, who was on the team last year? (laughs) But he said with the way that the portal is, like a guy can have a good two or three game stretch at Memphis that's a skill position player, like a wide receiver, can ball out and another university at a bigger university can recruit him and he could be there next week. Yeah. So if that's the case, Gary, 
then like I, I understand what he's doing is unprecedented on all fronts. All fronts, Gary. It's unprecedented on how he's recruiting these people. It's unprecedented how they're everything right now is unprecedented because it's it's just now happening. But in like three or four years, when these other universities and institutions are able to catch up on this NIL deal money, if they're able to do that, uh, they'll now have some sort of protection from other universities. This is what I mean. I can go to Lane College here and I can rush for 4,000 yards in that first season. I'm not at Lane College next year. I'm at Auburn. I'm at LSU. I'm at one of these SEC schools, Pac-12, or one of these schools that's going to give me some NIL deal money where I could play and be seen. There's no protection for these young universities, Gary. Yeah, no, I agree. And transfer portal, that's why there's got to be, you got to figure something out. I don't know what it's going to be, but you shouldn't be able to easily transfer. But again, the argument could be then a coach shouldn't be able to easily just leave schools too. Because kids put their faith in the coach, they're going to be there, and then they go there, and then the coach leaves, and then now they fall out of favor with whoever the new coach is because they want their guys, and then now you don't get an opportunity. So I think there has to be a safeguard for both sides if you're going to have that. If you're not, then you got to leave it the way it is. Okay, so that leads me to this question right here, and then I'm going to let y'all have this. How many years have Bo Nix played quarterback in college? Like I thought four years. I thought you got four years, five years if you get red-shirted or like, bro, I swear, he played for Ole Miss for four years. He played for Oregon for two. I'm just like, damn, like he's making a amateur collegiate like career out of this thing. Like he's he's gotten a lot of years, Gary. I've, I've heard Bo Nick's name for a very long time, and it's been longer than four years. So this is his fifth years. year. He was a freshman. He was a true freshman in 2019. Okay. All right. So this is his fifth. Is this his fifth and final year? Yeah, it's got to be his final year. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. Okay, I'm just ready for him to go on to the next juncture and journey of his life, and not be a college quarterback. He's like Chris Winky was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, D, now D, I do got to ask you this because you did just make all those comments about transfer portal, this and that. Do you, after you've talked it out, do you still think Dion has done enough to be coach of the year if they only win three yes. games? Yes. Even though yes. you just had all that to say about yes. the transfer portal. Well, you're, not, you're not understanding what I'm saying, though. Calipari got coach of the year, and I thought he was a horrible coach, like horrible. But those are the, the accolades that you get that come with the sport that we're in. So, yes, I I'm saying, but you think he deserves it? 100%. 100%. I, I think he deserves it because the the way in which he did it. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I don't think you understand me when I say the way in which he did it. He did it the way that he wanted to do it. It wasn't no, hey, I'm going to go in here, I'm going to pacify these players, I'm going to see who play and who not going to play. Deion Sanders told everybody in Colorado, go on and hit that portal because I'm coming with my baggage. I'm coming with everybody that I believe in and everybody that I trust in. I'm coming there. And then after I get there, I'm going to see who I'm going to keep and who I can't keep. 80 people hit the transfer portal after the spring game, and a bunch of them was the ones that played in the spring game. 
So it was a trial. It was trial for him to see who he was going to keep and who he, he wasn't going to keep. They said, from what I understand and what I heard, Colorado phone rings all the time because he ain't too hard to find. And not only is he not too hard to find, like, is he working out kids? I'm at that level now, like, with this transfer portal of not understanding. Like, is it like the NFL now? Like, if it's a kid that's on the brink of wanting to come there, does he does he now, like, does he, like, is, is Deion, like, allowed to recruit me? Like, am I allowed to, like, I don't know what the criteria is as it relates to this transfer portal because it, from what I'm hearing, man, his phone is blowing up and he can get whoever he wants. I mean, he could damn near go to Alabama and pull kids from Alabama right now. <clears throat> who wins? Who wins a football game, Alabama or Colorado, right now? Alabama, not even. Oh, Alabama, even. Even though they've been struggling, doesn't matter. They just have better yeah. players. It, it has nothing to do with better players. I just think that the system has been there way longer than these kids in this system. Alabama's O line would literally just run all over. Colorado's D-line. They don't they've have the D-line terrible. for it. They've, they've looked terrible, terrible but when they've ran the ball, they've been unstoppable. It's when they're throwing the balls when they look terrible. Well, could they, would they be able to stop the system that Colorado has? Yes, I think their defense has been good. Their defense hasn't played bad. It's been the offense, the throwing. The defense has played decent for Alabama. I don't think it's been that's been the issue. Ah. Uh... So I, I do think you just it, it is a different speed. Like you said, they have speed, but there's different speed. Yeah, <laughs> and then I, there's I, I different they, speed. They're gonna match up well in the position area. I think where Colorado is gonna struggle with the big boys is in the trenches. Yeah, because you, I, I told you, their skill position players, uh, Appalachian State when they beat Michigan, the skill position players matched up nice, but they were getting rocked on that front line. Like I'm talking about, absolutely ragdoll. And I think that's where Colorado is going to struggle at in the next few weeks against these teams that have been established and that are in the top 15, top 20. That's where they're going to differ from. It wouldn't surprise me if Shador gets sacked 12 times this next game, uh, only because the guys up front, um, they're still like the system is there, but the guys that they need to plug in to, to continue running that system I don't think is there just yet, Gary. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're definitely going to be missing uh, Hunter, but we'll see. <clears throat> but continuing on football, have you guys made a friendly wager over tonight's game? Well, there's never friendly wagers. Wagers always include money. You don't just bet yeah, the franchise. And, and we, we know how you feel about that, time, so we don't really want to discuss that because whenever you lose and you're not really good at it you feel like you need a mulligan versus just paying the tab that you just agreed on so that's a horrible transition for you my friend who wins browns or steelers browns d'angelo he knows now you know damn well you know look <laughs> I, i'm, I'm a, We'll see. We'll see tonight. But just, just before we go, because I know we're getting ready to leave, I, I just want to discuss the state of our franchises right now, who we were pulling for before the season started, just kind of giving us an update on where our team's at now. How do you know who I said? Yeah. So I don't even I, know I'm what team first. I said. 
I, I'll start first, and I'm going to give you a week-to-week update on the team that I'm pulling for and the quarterback that I've always said that was going to struggle this year. I'm also bring that up. One, my team, the 49ers. Uh, 2-0 and right now, uh, beat the Rams. Uh, look really well. Purdy's playing well. I, I am very surprised at how well Purdy has stepped in given the preseason that he had. We had so much negativity coming into the season about is his arm going to be there? Is his arm going to be there? In the preseason, you talk about complete manipulation. I don't know if the defense was just lax, if we didn't want to show our hand in the preseason, but this offense looks better than it ever looked with Jimmy G running it. Fast forward to the Cincinnati Bengals and my quarterback that I said that was going to struggle this year in Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's 0-2. Not only is he 0-2, but he looked like a quarterback that never should have seen the light of day on any football field. Any (laughs) football field. Oh, cool Joe Burrow has truly cooled the hell off. I'm talking about Alaskan temperature, ice, cold, (laughs) cold, cold. To the point to where he's 0-2 and may not win a game playing the way that he's playing. But that's how my season is going. How about y'all? Well, uh, I've been – I said the Lions were going to do well. Lions are 2-0. They beat the Chiefs. Um, So I was right there. No, 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 no. They beat the Chiefs, but then they lost to Seattle. Oh, they did lose to Seattle. You're right. They're They're 1-1. I still think they're They're looking good, though, because Seattle looked terrible. Um, I did say – I said Jalen Hurts wouldn't look as good. He has not looked as good. Even though the team's played really good, he has not. Yeah, um, yeah he looked, he looked ter- <clears throat> terrible throwing the other day. Yeah, which that's always been my thing on him. I don't think he's ever been a good thrower. He's just been able to do things with his legs, and teams are stopping the legs part. Uh, I think a player that – now, this wasn't said on the podcast, but I stayed away from in fantasy because of it was Justin Fields. I was not sold on Justin Fields this year, and he has looked trash both games. I know somebody else in here has Justin Fields, but uh, I love him. But, like, he has been terrible, and it's looking worse and worse because he's not even running like he did last year. So, And that was his saving grace because he's shown he can't throw the ball. So it's very unfortunate. But And the guy that I thought was going to do better – and he has, he's only been mediocre. He hasn't been amazing. He hasn't been terrible, but it was Trevor Lawrence. Yep, that was but your quarterback. Mm-hmm. I have been super high on this guy in all of fantasy, and he is outrageously doing really good, and that's Tua. I said Tua's going to have a really good year because I trust that he he was good last year. The concussions is what screwed him, and Tua has looked outstanding both weeks so yeah. far. If he just doesn't get healthy, they're going to be a dangerous team because Tua is – Really good right now. And you got Terry Hill and Jalen Waddle out there. What you got, Ty? But you know who looks better? Weedin' Boys! Weedin' Boys! I don't actually think they do look better. Boy, that Cowboys defense looks a fool. What you talking about? The defense, correct. You're right, the defense does. That's that's who, a who who is who is your team that you pick, Kyle? Uh the Jaguars. They're okay. one and one. Can, can can we can we stick to that? Can why why you why you just 
I just had to bring up them boards because I know you love them. I know you love them. Hey, at least at least the Patriots look like they're going to have a rough season, so maybe you can at least hang your hat on that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I had the Jaguars because I really think this is going to be a year for Trevor Lawrence. They had a little bit of a rocky game yesterday, but, hey, Patrick Mahomes didn't exactly look his best either. So He has I think not that looked was just, good in two games. Yeah, so I, I think that was just two tough teams getting after it, and uh, we'll have to continue to see where they go. Uh, my struggle quarterback was the same as Gary, which we talked about, which is uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's putting up good fantasy numbers, uh, but if you like actually watch, that passing game is looking rough. So, and then of course we got my Panthers going to the Super Bowl this year, baby. We are playing so are they, tonight. Well, so, so are they winning the night? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. What's the score going to be? Yeah, uh, twenty-one to seventeen. Panthers. What's the what's the score of the Pittsburgh Cleveland game? Shit, Cleveland might I shut them out forty five nothing. I said twenty four ten. I think the Steelers win twenty one seventeen. Now, do you honestly believe that, or are you just saying that to save face on the podcast? No, I'm, I honestly believe that only because Cleveland will find a way to lose it. <laughs> it'll be four. It'll, it's going to be fourteen seventeen. Cleveland. It's going to be fourteen seventeen, and they're going to find a way to lose it. Pittsburgh's going to score a touchdown and win twenty one seventeen. Okay. Well, there you go, guys. Book it. Book it. Forty five nothing for me. Browns. And then Gary, what'd you say? Twenty four ten. Twenty four ten. All right. Brown. Well, we'll see. I'm going 21-17. Steelers with a tight one to win it at the end. There we go. He said the Browns are going to Brown. With no Deontay Johnson. Yes. Right. Sounds like he's pickings on your team, D'Angelo. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Well, well we appreciate everybody. Oh, there you go. Come on, Gary. It's your turn to make a pun. <laughs> Chub all the way. Hey, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Got to massage that one in like Deshaun Watson. Come on now. Let's go. I hate you. Right. I hate you. <laughs> we out. We'll be we back out. next week. We out. <laughs> you are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage.